Today, we're talking about three super important questions that every youth pastor needs to ask their senior pastor. Welcome to the Ministry Coach Podcast, where every week we give you actionable and practical tips to help you grow the size and health of your youth ministry. My name is Jeff Lascola, and this is... Kristen Lascola. And I don't know what kind of relationship you might have currently with your senior pastor, but here are some questions, or today we're going to be going over some questions that you can ask to kind of get a feel for expectations that they might have, how to maybe grow in the ministry, and just kind of overall questions that you should be asking your senior pastor, correct? Yeah, I think a lot of times it's a tense relationship, unfortunately, but sometimes I wonder if we just asked the right questions and maybe started rowing in the same direction that we could solve a lot of those problems. So number one, we're going to jump right into it, is a great question to ask your senior pastor as a youth pastor is, what do you consider to be a win? I think sometimes people are rowing in different directions because they're going toward different goal lines. And it's not like either person is bad or not good at their job or evil or, you know, it's like they're both good intentioned and they're both strong leaders. And I think that's why youth pastors and senior pastors sometimes butt heads is because youth pastors are usually pretty strong leaders themselves. And so there's like, I've heard kind of the analogy, like two tigers on a hill Mm -hmm. and it's like, which one's going to win? And, you know, it's not about the competition and, and maybe competition's not even the right word, but there's just two separate agendas that are trying to exist simultaneously. And that's where I think the tension really brews. And so by asking your senior pastor, what do you consider a win? I think you can really get inside their head of what they're working towards so that you can come alongside them and be working toward the same things. And I think you sort of have to break that question down a little bit more specifically too, because what is a win? Number one for our church. And this kind of is going to force that pastor to cast a little bit of vision with you for a moment of like, what are they waking up thinking about? What are they, because ministry is so multi-level, multifaceted. There's not one right way to do it, Mm -hmm. you know, as I mean, we're all supposed to be pointing people to the gospel, pointing people to Jesus, but our methodology of doing that and what we emphasize, like we all know there's churches that emphasize all kinds of things and they all have their own flavor, culture, and vision for how they're going to accomplish that based on their leadership, their gifts, where they're at, their context, the staff they have available, their size, you know, it's very different. So what is your senior pastor working toward? What is that vision? What is a win for them? What are they thinking of uh, when they wake up and working toward that goal? And then you want to ask, well, what's a win for my ministry? Because youth pastors get judged on a whole lot of things by a whole lot of different people. And everybody thinks a win is different when it comes to youth ministry. You know, I've worked for a few different youth or uh, senior pastors, probably about five, and they all valued something very different. Like some of them value numbers, some of them don't. Mm -hmm. Some of them value, you know, 
like big program. Some want just organic relationship, kind of more grassroots. Like it's very different and, and you will struggle until you know what they consider to be a win. Yeah. Because I think a lot of times youth pastors are like, Oh, they don't like me or they don't think I'm doing a good job or they don't value what I'm doing. But it's like, well, they just might be valuing something different than you do. And so you're taking it personally. They don't value me, but it's like you work on things that aren't important to them and your wins look a lot different to theirs. And so getting inside their head of like, what would make you say, like if your youth groups on a Wednesday night, what would make you say Thursday morning that I did a good job or that was a win or we hit the goal or we whatever, however you want to word it. But it's important that you know that or you might just be pulling your hair out working for this person because you'll think I can never make you happy. Yeah. I can never do enough. I, but it's like you're working very hard but not on things that are important to them. Right. And I'm not saying, so make all your goals, their goals. Like that's not what I'm saying is mold your leadership to theirs necessarily. But I think that's something you're going to have to factor in and take into consideration in order for that relationship to be harmonious. Because at the end of the day, you're not in charge, yeah. you know, like you do work for them. They are your direct report. And and it opens just more communication right. too to say like, hey, I know you really value this. And so here's how I'm going to show you that um, that's a value to me too. Here's my gift set. And I'm also going to be working simultaneously on that. I think it's going to have to be some humility mixed in there to say, yeah. I'm willing to make XYZ a priority because I know it's part of your vision for this church and for this ministry. So yeah, it kind of reminds me like where you kind of have to have that the the communication and you might, the knee jerk reaction might be, well, they should be coming to me and telling me what they expect. Why should I ask, have to go to them to ask them what they expect of me? But it's, it reminds me of like when you walk into a room and there's, you see somebody, you know, and they don't say hi to you. And at the end of the night you walk away and like, what a jerk didn't even say hi to me. It's like, yeah, but you didn't say hi to them either. And so you kind of have to remember like, okay, maybe in a perfect world, they would be the one to reach out and say, hey, here's what my expectations are. Here's what I consider a win for you. But if they don't, there's nothing wrong with you going to them and, and initiating. Well, that. and that whole mindset, and I totally agree with that. But what I kept thinking about while you were talking is like most of what you're describing comes down to someone's being prideful. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you should ask me. Well, you should say hi to me. It's like, who wrote these rules right. of who should ask? Because it depends on what seat you're sitting at, who's where the onus is. And right. so it's like, there are arbitrary rules that you just made up in your head. So in humility, we just say, well, this needs to be done. It doesn't right. matter whose responsibility it is. These questions need to be asked. And in the long run, I think you gain respect. I think I worked for a senior pastor once and his favorite thing was people who asked questions. <laughs> you know, he would say, you know why they're succeeding? Because they ask a lot of questions. I so, got a question. Why do we always have to ask questions? <laughs> I think people feel important when you ask them questions. I think they feel like, oh, you're seeking my sage wisdom, you know, and I must have a lot of experience for you to come to me and want to learn from me. And I think <laughs> it strokes the ego, but yeah. I think it also puts a position of humility and, oh, well, you learn something right. great. And if nothing else, you gain points. I just do think there is, because of those two tiger mentalities, there is a little bit of rub with senior and youth pastor. Because to be honest, this isn't always the case. 
but a lot of youth pastors want to be a senior pastor someday. Mm. And so it's very easy to fold the arms and be like, well, I wouldn't do things this way. Well, and like, you know, we can get very prideful and think like, I'm going to sit in that seat one day and here's how I'm going to do it. But it's like, well, you're not there now. So the, the true test of, are you ready is, can you be led while you need to be, you know, cause I think sometimes people jump the gun and they think they're ready for leadership and they're not. And I don't know your senior pastor. Maybe he's not ready or she's not ready for leadership. I don't know. But I do know that you need to be in a posture of learning while you have that headship over you. And they have headship over them. They have the elder board or they have however your church structure is. You know, we all have some level of leadership we need to submit to. And not all of these obviously are going with this in a strange relationship between youth pastor and senior pastor. You could have a great relationship. Yeah. This would just enhance that. Totally. So yeah. This isn't for like, out there. yeah, good point. Not what's, for relationships in crisis. What's the next one? So along with number one, so it's like, what do you consider to be a win for our church, for my ministry, and then for our relationship? And the heart behind that question is sort of asking them, like, what more do you need from me? You know, a lot of senior pastors would love a youth pastor to say, what more do you need from me? What more can I do? How more, what, is there something you want me to take off your plate? Especially if you're the type of youth pastor that wants to be a senior pastor someday, why not take little bits and pieces at a time of like, what would be helpful for you? Can I do some pastoral care? Mm -hmm. Maybe I can give announcements. Maybe I can do the communication. Maybe I can book this thing. Maybe I can run this event. Maybe I can take whatever it is that you could take off their plate for them, but asking what more do you need from me? How do you want me to participate outside of my role? How do you see this relationship? What would this, me and you together, what would be a win here? And get inside their mind a little bit of how they see you and how they want to interact with you and what role they want you to play in the church. And maybe you haven't gotten opportunities is just simply by not asking or simply by not mentioning that that's an interest to you or that you're available. There are some senior pastors that are super unhealthy and they hold on to that leadership and they don't want a shared leadership model at all. Mm. And I would encourage you to continue to push that. Maybe every six weeks you kind of knock on that door again of like, hey, did you think about our conversation? I'd love to get to take something off your plate. I'd love to partner with you in doing this. Could we do this together? Could I help you run this trip or this ministry? Or maybe I could teach a section of like a workshop we're doing or something. So bring ideas, you know, that you think fit within your gifts. But I would keep knocking on those doors because shared leadership is the healthiest type. Mm. You know, not one person should own and do every single thing in the church. It shouldn't be anyone's show. It's a shared leadership model. And, you know, I, uh, the bummer is I think a lot of senior pastors don't trust the youth pastor. Mm. And I think I've coached a few youth pastors to that have had pretty stressful relationships with their senior pastor. And I've encouraged them to ask the question, have I done something to lose trust with you? And can you help me understand what that might be so I can make it right? Because the way that the senior pastor is treating them, it's as as if they don't trust them at all. It's like, they won't give them anything. They won't let them do anything. They give them a really short leash. So the question is, is it a power trip Mm. 
Or have you done something to lose trust? And maybe just asking the question in a posture of humility to say, have I done something to lose trust with you? How can I make that right? Could open the door to solving the mystery of why they won't allow you to spread your wings at all. Or you might find out that they're a raging narcissist (laughs) and an egomaniac. Who knows? In the church? (laughs) Never. Never. We've never heard of that happening. Definitely not in leadership. Of course not. (laughs) Of course not. I mean, we can love Jesus and still be broken people, right? So um, number four, under number one, what do you consider to be a win for my leadership? And so this is kind of where you can ask, like, what are some qualities that you see in me that you really like, or what are some qualities that you think I could improve on? Like what would be a win for you in like, if you built the perfect youth pastor for this church, what kind of leadership qualities would they have? And what the heart of this question is really getting at, like what type of leader wins here? Because Mm. leadership has so many different styles and depending on what church you go to leadership means like at its core, you know, great, Craig Groeschel would say leadership is simply influence, but how we leverage that influence is stylized, you know, Mm -hmm. like how do you do it and what do you do? And so asking them like, what, what about my leadership would be a win in this church? What do you want me to do? What kind of leader wins here? Mm -hmm. And, you know, these could be questions that maybe no one's even asked before and are really getting your senior pastor to think pretty critically and pretty deeply about annoyed dude stop with all the questions yeah i know (laughs) i think people really like questions especially people in leadership i think they like this kind of stuff so again the whole point is here we're trying to get everyone to row in the same direction and this a lot of the problems might be diagnosed by just senior pastor defining these wins differently than you are Mm. not like, Oh no, I don't fit here. or They're bad. Or that's not a good leader. It's like, well, they might just be looking at a different win than you are. Mm. And that could definitely be the case. All right. Number two, I would ask this question. What does it take to thrive under your leadership? So like we were saying before, there's a bunch of different types of leaders. I've had four different campus pastors, but five kind of like I would consider direct reports and what they value and the type of leaders they are, are so vastly different. Same church, way different leaders. And our flavor has been different with each and every one. And so asking the question, Hey, what does it take to thrive under your leadership? And that's a talk I usually have with new staff that I have. And I say to them, so I'm not a manager. And if you need management, we probably won't get very far in our relationship because I work really well with self-starters and people who have ideas and like to run with the ball. And I will do everything I can to support you as you fly as high as you can. But I'm not really going to give you a to-do list and manage your tasks and make sure you complete. I'm, I'm much more of the leadership style of 
side by side, running together, mm-hmm. supporting one another, not managing your day-to-day activities. And so I've had people that do need a whole lot of management and it just was soul sucking, yeah. like hard for me because I don't want to tell you, okay, now it's time to go and turn this on. And when you're done, come back and I'll give you the next you're task. Right. I just need people who know what to do. And Craig Groeschel, you know, I love to quote him. He says, leaders instinctively find important things to do. Hmm. Like that's part of the description of being a leader is you just find important things to do because you're looking for them and then you just go and do them and you have initiative and then everyone high fives. Yay. We did it. Right. Not like, Oh, I told you guys what to do and we did it. It's like, you knew what to do because you have an intuition and you find significant things to do. So that's kind of the spiel I give my people. So what is your senior pastor? How would he describe his leadership to you and say, Hey, here's what it's going to take to thrive with me. You need to be this, this, and this, or I lead in this style. So, you know, just be forewarned. Like I've had people say to me, like, this is how I communicate. So if you want to get in touch with me, here's how you communicate and here's how you'll win. So there could be a bunch of different things, but it's good for you again, to position yourself in that that space of humility to say, Hey, you have a very specific type of leadership. How would you describe that? And how would you describe a player who wins with that kind of leadership? Every coach is different. How am I going to win under this coach? How is this team going to win with you at the helm? What do we need to know? And I just think being really forthright with that and just asking, and it's a, like a great question because then you're not just guessing. I don't know how many times, you know, have we worked for people that like, we're constantly guessing, like, what do they value? What do they want? What do they want for me? How do I get a hold of them? How do I break through? Like, do they like me? Do they not like me? And it's like, why don't we just ask? Cuts right through it. What? Do, how do I win under your leadership? And hopefully they know how to define it too. And maybe they've never thought about it too. It could be a good question, just or a good exercise for them to be like, "What do I value? What do I, you know, seek in someone else?" So yeah, and you're right. That might be a blind spot. Like some leaders are so highly relational, and that's how they lead. They just want to lead out of relationships. Others are super efficient. And they yeah. want to get stuff done, and you know they're very task and goal oriented and some want to spend a lot of time talking things out and their external processors. Some are more reclusive and, you know, don't want to be bothered unless it's really important. <laughs> like, I don't know like who you work for, but you've got to figure out how to thrive under that leadership mm. instead of, you know, resisting it, just lean into this is, a, they're not going to change here. That's another thing I've yeah. learned. Leaders are who they are. So if you're going to thrive, I, I always think like our first option is not to resist it and wish it were different and think about the other churches we should be working at. Because I promise you, no matter where you go, you're going to work for or with someone that's very difficult. So it would be in our best interest, I think, unless it's toxic, unhealthy, abusive leadership to say, how can I thrive here? Like, I think it's a growing experience for yourself of like, Hey, I grow under any conditions. Like, (laughs) let me, you know, and I think that's usually my grit mindset of like, Oh, you just watch. I will figure this out and I will shine even though that's difficult. You know, I like to have that challenge, you know, in me that drive of like, okay, I'll figure this out. Um, so 
Okay. And third and last, I think a great question for youth pastors to ask their senior pastor is what do you see in my future when it comes to ministry and when it comes to this church and what do I need to do to get there? So I think a great question is like, where do you see me in five years? Like, what do you see my potential as being? If you were me, what would be some of your goals of where and how to go next level in this church? Maybe in 10 years, you know, what do you see for me? And it's crazy. I think sometimes people don't move up because they've had a blind spot for 10 years that nobody has gotten to point Mm. out. So it's like, are you willing to ask? You know, I know people who are like, oh yeah, well, they're a great youth pastor, but you know, and there's the thing of like why they will never move up in the organization. It's like, well, you're good where you're at, stay there, but nobody's going to actually tell you it's because this, this, and this, that you're never going to ever move anywhere outside this position where it's like, well, if you were to ask, say, Hey, is there anything in my leadership and my personality and my ministry? Um, and the way I conduct myself that you think is going to be a cap for me Mm. and what can I do about that? And let them coach you a little bit because even just asking shows like, Hey, I'm teachable. And I think that's, I think all three of these really point to that being the spirit of how we do leadership is the teacher ability. And that's where we thrive because leaders can get prideful and we think we know it all. And we think, you know, like how, you know, like teenagers think their parents don't know anything, you know, and teenagers, they think they know everything. (laughs) Uh, but it's like youth pastors treat senior pastors like that, like a boomer, like you don't even know whatever age you are you think is like the best age to be. totally. And you think (laughs) no other ages know anything like you know, you think people younger than you, stupid. Right. You think people older than you, stupid. <laughs> but it's like, okay, well, they have people older and younger than them who they think are stupid. So it's like, what? how can we put ourselves in this position where he does have something to teach you? Yeah. Maybe you don't really know right off the bat, like, and you've got to get there. But I think so much of this points to humility of leadership. And that, I think, will open the door for so much potential with your senior pastor. Again, there are circumstances where it's just like, we're like oil and water. This isn't going to work. But that's not every case. Just because you're having a little tension, it doesn't mean it's a bad fit. It just might mean you guys aren't asking the right questions and you're both in love with Jesus. You're trying to do great ministry, but you're just rowing in different directions. You're trying to... You're just constantly rowing against each other and getting frustrated. But what can we learn... Well, ask some good questions and see where you can go. Yeah. It's like a longevity strategy too. I think a good episode for you guys to jump to next if you're looking for more. We did an episode, this is a while back, and I feel like it was a little bit of an under, underappreciated episode. But Why did you underappreciate it, YouTube heart, world? hunger, hustle. Uh-huh. And just some of the ways to implement that into your leadership. So go check yeah. it out. We'll link it in the description it's a good one. below. Uh, right now, we're going to go ahead and do a question of the day. And after that, we're going to do a community comment of the day. And then after that, we're going to announce this week's winner for the giveaway 150th episode giveaway. This is week two of the giveaway. I just did that. Three. It's week two. Uh, The question of the day is, what movie is better than the book? Um, Because everybody always likes to say it the other way around. The book is better than the movie. Man. Probably should have prepped you with that one. You probably should have, because this is a hard (laughs) question. I'll go ahead and answer. Okay. 
All of them, yes. <laughs> because anytime you can get through something in an hour and a half or two hours, rather than spending like 20 hours, you're better served. You know, I, I have, I don't know if it's better, but I liked it. I'll just say I love the book Redeeming Love and the movie did not disappoint. Mm. It was on par with the quality of the book. It was a beautiful book. And seeing the movie and just watch the character come to life in the story. If you've never read, especially if you're a girl and you've never read Redeeming Love or seen the movie, it's amazing. But I think it did it justice. I will say that. I There was nothing lacking where I was like, oh, this was me. <laughs> you know, but I was like, dang, they did a fantastic job. I am not a girl. I have not seen the movie and I have not read the book. And so you I'll never take will. Her word for all you three never of will. those things. All right, here's the community comment of the day. This comes from Sever Soul, who says, Most helpful, I have been raised in church my entire life and was raised in a pastor's home. I knew what ministry was, but I never knew that student ministry was so different. I found myself taking this position the month before the lockdown and didn't know what to do. I am so glad I have found you guys because you give me hope that I can do this. Aww. You also strengthen me because a lot of times I feel like I can't do this. Thank <gasps> you, you can, so much. Sever soul. You can, Sever <laughs> Thank you so much and keep up the good work. Oh, that Those are the ones that I'm like, all right. This is so worth it, you guys. <laughs> we'll uh, do it for another week. <laughs> but it's like the part where they said, it gives me hope. Yeah. Like, dang, that's pretty cool. Youth like, ministry can feel pretty lonely, I think, sometimes. And like yeah. You're on an island. And, and thankless and overwhelming and stressful yeah. and depressing. Just kidding. But it's <laughs> it has its very, very high highs and its very, very low lows. Yeah. And yeah, to hear that they have hope that they can do this. Yeah, that's good. I love Glad that. Glad we were able Worth to do it. that for you. All right. Episode 150 giveaway, week number two. The winner is... Nathan Churchill. Nate. Woo. Yeah. Nate. Whoop, 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 whoop. <laughs> you look like such a mom when you did that. <laughs> Not even a doofus dad. No, like mom. a mom on the sidelines of her kid's <laughs> soccer game. Go, Timmy. Go, Timmy. Go, Nathan. So here, here's the deal, Nathan. We're going to send you an email and get some contact information so we can send you your set of dodgeballs. But congratulations for winning. Woo! If you guys have no idea what we're talking about, go back and watch the episode four icebreakers for smaller youth groups and you can find out all the information about our giveaway or just check in the description below and it'll give you some information there but we are doing uh three more weeks of this giveaway giving Ooh. away a set of dodgeballs they will go to good use week. i assume and they're the nice small grippable yes. ones six inch coated foam smack you in the face shouldn't hurt that no bad. sting hopefully no sting. anyways thank you guys so much for watching and listening and, and we'll, we'll see you, you next time. time today we're talking about three I, oh wait. Okay. <laughs> Today, we're gonna help you get the most out of your program night by scheduling. <laughs> Today, we're gonna help you get the most out of your program night by going over an itinerary. <laughs>